Welcome back to another episode of Teaching with the Body and Mind. I'm here with Joey. Hello. Mike. Hey. And Tom. Hi, Ross. And, you know, uh, I got a big question that I don't know if we're going to be able to... <laughs> Uh, I've been thinking, I went to the Wonder of Learning exhibit in Madison this past weekend to look at the, uh, the documentation from Reggio Emilia and their ex- explorations of the world and then developing, still developing a new program, uh, with the school I'm at and I'm teaching lecture class at the University of Minnesota and I've got a lot of just big things running. So I've just kind of, I've been asking this question or kind of thinking about it myself, like, why do we do this? And, you know, I thought, why are we doing this podcast? Why are we, the four of us, in the world of early childhood? And I feel like it, I want to hear other people's, uh, your input. What, what, what maybe brought you in? What keeps you in? What keeps you excited about this? Because outside of the, you know, the fame, the fortune, and the prestige that we all receive from being early childhood teachers, uh, there's got to be something else motivating <laughs> yeah, you to be Self-deprecating teasing. Speak, right? speak about self <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So what, what is it? What, I mean, who? Well, I got into it. By mistake, a little bit. Not that's that's not the right word. Um, sideways. I have long been fascinated by kind of human evolution and 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 why why humans are the way they are, why mm-hmm. we've developed the way we have over all the many 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 years. And so I really that's kind of like my interest the thing thing I read about a lot. And I was kind of really interested in human development, but I, I and I wanted to study that, but I really didn't want to take a a test to get into school again, mm-hmm. uh, whatever that one's called, the GRE. GRE. I didn't want to do that, and they didn't want to have to do research. You know, right. I didn't want to do that. So then, the you know, studying child development was a way to learn about right. human. You know, because child development in so many ways is human development. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, all right, well, I'll do that. Then of mm-hmm. course, it turns out I, I really enjoy it and I like it and I, and I think I have a talent for it. But that's sort of and so what keeps me going is I just I do think that child development mirrors human development and th- that it's just so fascinating to watch right. bodies and, and minds develop that's interesting because I and, and support that and try to get a window yeah. into that mm-hmm. anyway so that's that's what I, I my bachelor's degrees in American studies which is uh, I don't know I guess sort of a hippie version of anthropology it's it's more <laughs> looking at culture so it's pop culture studies as well as anthropology it's and um, sociology and things but I think a similar thing and I was mostly interested in the arts so like what are you know, how do the arts influence culture? How does culture influence the arts? And I think really what I was really interested in is the way, um, well, a little bit kind of how arts funding helps too. Like when you start actually funding specifically African-American theater, for instance, 30 years down the road, you actually have these, you know, you actually see things that happen because somebody put money in in the 1940s Mm -hmm. and then you can have Sidney Poitier and Mm -hmm. things. You know, it's just this interesting thing how, it doesn't just happen on its own. It's like there are intentional actions that people have to take and people right. in power have to take sometimes. But also sometimes culture can kind of change from the bottom up. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but there's it doesn't just happen one way or just the other way. And yeah. So that was what I was interested in. But then I just started subbing at a <laughs> childcare center and it's just like, oh, it's like this all happens at this level that's how does a teacher influence children and like, what happens when the teacher's trying to follow the children's mm-hmm. interests, but yet they still have to be an authority. And, mm-hmm. you know, so it was like this microcosm. Yeah. So for me, it was, I, I, I got my degree in child psych at the University of Minnesota. And I had always thought I wanted to work with children. Why? I don't know. It just felt like 
something that I wanted to do. So after getting my bachelor's degree, I went to a child care center. And indeed, that's what I wanted to do. I, right. uh, my, my children, my own children always ask me, how did you know what you wanted to be? Because right. I, I started in early childhood, and that was my whole adult life. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't, I, I, I can't tell you that the reason I did it is because I wanted to know um, why humans behave the way they do or how right, they develop. Right. I just liked being with young children. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to put words to it now that I've retired and I'm missing the kids. Right. Well, the beauty of being with young children is every day is a new day. So you come mm-hmm. into the classroom and you've got this group of children who see the world with un- unfettered lenses. Yeah. And to be with that um, was very, very fulfilling. And to mm-hmm. be on that journey with them of every day is a new day. Can you imagine yeah. what would feel like if you got up every morning? That's thought, actually, when <clears throat> I start, when I did start working, that was the thing I said was like, every day for 25 years, when I walked into the classroom, I had no idea no. where the kids were taking me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I had some plans, but... I read some article I once no idea. described it as like, children are like little Zen masters, yeah. you know, because you have, you might have your plan, but then all these other things are coming at right. you that you have to... You right. can navigate yeah, and respond to, and yeah. you know, try to do it skillfully. Right. So. Well, I think that's the. What about you, yeah, Ross? About me, I was going to comment on Mike's, and then I'll, <laughs> I'll make fun because I think that's the, when if I think that's the sign of an evolved teacher or of an aware teacher or of a very Zen teacher. <laughs> I don't think anyone who would describe me that way, but. I think that idea of going into the classroom, and if you, as the teacher, are like, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I have an idea, I have a framework, but it could go anywhere, is really honoring childhood. Right. versus the teacher who we've probably all had at least a few times, if not several times throughout our own personal, you know, academic career, who's been like, this is what we're doing. Right. Stop I know the you're, outcome. You're going to do what I say because right. this is what we're doing. And that doesn't feel good. And I think that's kind of the reason where, where like why I'm doing this now. That's really evolved and become more clear because what brought me in was trying to figure out in undergrad, what was I going to do? I didn't, I didn't want to have an everyday kind of dr- drone of just the same stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, oh, it could be architectural engineering. I could design stuff, create things. I could maybe build things. And nothing was resonating until it was like, well, oh, you know, we have, I have several teachers in my family. And I was like, maybe I should, you know, look into that. And then, it, you know, the high school was not going to be the right fit. Middle school was definitely not going to be the right fit for me. So elementary school made sense. And then someone threw out things like, you know, there's this early childhood world where it's birth to age eight. So it's even easier and i was like cool even easier sounds good and jokes on them (laughs) it's the most important and kind of foundational element of learning and so as i was in there and i started to volunteer similar to that it was just i i felt the yep this is this is the path that i'm supposed to be on so i think it had that feeling of just connection and as i've learned and probably actually out of the coursework once i was in the classroom and really applying all the things and the, my understandings and knowledge of child development that now it really started to make sense and to see the light bulb turn, you know flick on when someone when a child finally understands a new concept or hmm. you see a new friendship form after they've really kind of been at each other for a while or you see that child who is really upset able to figure out a more successful strategy i think that's what's continued to keep me so excited about this work is to really understand how formative it can be to help set the foundation for children and wondering what the impact of that could be long term because I think 
I'm going to guess, so speak for all of us and cut me off if I'm speaking incorrectly for you, but I feel like we all have children who are like, what are they doing now? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think with all, again, with all of our levels, we all have someone who's an adult, whether legally because they're over 18 or they've maybe now have families themselves for children you've worked with. Like, who did you become? And not in the ego kind of like, sense what of did like, I do? What how did, did I, I create? How did I help you with that? But like, what, what experiences what, what did path? you have yeah. that helped you possibly have that better outcome? Right. Because yeah. of being in a caring, nurturing environment that trusted and saw you rather than was like, right. no, do this because I said, and I think I'm also thinking about this because I was talking to a first grader who was just like, I have to go to school. It's so dumb. And I have to do worksheets and I have to do like this work. And my sister, who is at our school right now, gets to play every day. And she gets to have nap time, and she just gets to have fun all day. And I don't get to have fun anymore. And I was like, you're seven years old. Right. Like, why is Time that, to be jaded. Why, why has that changed? So I think that's the, another reason of why I want to do this. Is I want to keep making yeah. that bigger impact. But like, what? why does learning become dumb for children this young? Like, what's happening? Because it feels like maybe that's a whole other <laughs> side conversation. Yeah, we'll come yeah. back to why we're doing this specifically here. But... I I want to talk a little bit about, maybe it's the Zen part, about just being with children Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and not worrying about, I mean, yes, every once in a while you might think, oh, what's this, what's going to happen to this kid? Or wondering later on what they, I I don't think, I think you have to start with just being with the child. Absolutely. Being with the group instead of, I mean, you're going to have some expectations, but you can't hold on to those expectations mm-hmm. so right. hard right. because they will not. Yeah, they won't be met. Yeah, they won't be met. I've, I've heard this as sort of a, the idea of like tuning when you're tuning an instrument. Like you have to trust that children are capable learners. Right. But you also, if you don't do anything, they might like so they might not learn to right. So because if you're if so your environment being with them is doing nothing. No, okay. not at all. I'm just but but I, but I think it's that that this is one of the things that really makes me like stay in the field because it's that thing of because some people think when they hear us talk like oh so you just let them do whatever they want and mm-hmm. we're constantly talking about no it's this dynamic thing where every second you're making mm-hmm. decisions mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you're admitting that it's not that you right. decided. Right. Okay. Ten years ago, I made the decision, and now this is what happens in my classroom. It's more like, does everyone feel like they're part of this classroom? Does everyone Mm -hmm. feel like they have their own voice in this classroom? Do they trust everyone enough to be themselves? Do they feel safe? Then I think that we really can. Uh, The kids will develop well, you know. Right. But if I just let anything happen, then we'd have the kid who loves hugging everyone hug the kid who doesn't want to be hugged and that you know like right all of the other you know so it's a nice clarification yeah so it's not but that's why i love it Mm because it's like there's you know it doesn't matter how long you do it like you Mm -hmm. can do it for what 40 years and still you know each day you have to make yeah (laughs) new decisions i miss Mm -hmm. the kids not so much just because of that and the last day of teaching was my best day of teaching even, mm-hmm. even yeah. though I retired. Yeah. yeah. Because it was still getting better and better and better. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's all the other ideas that kind of come in. It's sort of that I think is can be really exciting, too, that, you know, you, you might have had a thought about how somebody would use something you put out in the room or something like that. Sure. And then all of a sudden you realize there's like <laughs> at least 10 better ideas than right. whatever you had. Mm-hmm. And half of them are come up with by three-year-olds. You know, I mean, it's, right. it's, it's, it's um, but it's kind of exciting. It's yeah, like, yeah. I mean, there's a very 
there can be a very collaborative nature to, yeah. you know, because then you're like, oh, well, oh, but now if you want to get it way up there, maybe I need to go get a ladder because that'd be really fun if it was all the way up there. But right. you don't know that ladders exist. So I'll go, you know, right, get the, you right, know like I, right. I still know more than you as an adult for dint of my years of experience. Right. But that like helping your ideas happen becomes more exciting yeah. than whatever my idea might have been. So to my ears, what I'm hearing. So I'm, I think, the least regio of everyone here in terms of understanding Mm-hmm. what it is but it seems like it's that idea i hear that idea of researcher or like you really want to learn mm-hmm. not just about the kid but a, all the, the things that they're going to bring up about whatever they're doing like mm-hmm. the the thing you brought out and they're like oh there's 10 other ways to use this and like you constantly are learning by watching them and part of it is like i would call it outside the box thinking except that They've never been in the box yet. Like yeah. right. we're still trying to get them in the box. Yeah. Um, I mean, right. I, we we aren't trying to, but admittedly, we are also putting certain cultural norms. Of course. Putting these boxes, of but right. They can think of things that we can't. And I, and I feel like that's the, what has drawn and kept me in the world of early childhood is that kind of honesty and that genuine exuberance of life and learning and that mm-hmm. that young children have. I think that idea that they're just, there's a reminder that I have my own adult kind of life and everything about right. it. And that I can, I can truly kind of leave it at the door. If I bring it in with me, they'll, they'll help me remember that there's, there's more important things going on. Like, right. I mean, have walking into school and having maybe not feeling, I'm feeling stressed and feeling overworked and feeling tired or whatever. And then as the, one of my ch- children is going into the bathroom, he's like, you know, pants are going down. He's going to say, Hey Ross, what do you think I should be when I grow up? I'm like, what are you, what? Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, I like a lot of things. I don't know. What do you think I should, not what, not what do I want right. to be when I tell, what did you want to be when you grow up? Right. Or right. do you know right. what I want to be? I had he's a like, kid. just like, Oh yeah. I remember yeah. like it's, we're walking along yeah. uh, last week and he's, you know, life, life boy, his, his glasses are rose colored in the most beautiful way. And um, he's like, you know, I, I, you know what I'm going to be when I grow up. And I said, no, what's that? He goes, he's like a package guy. And I was like, oh, what is a package? I mean, I thought I knew, but you know, right, right. I was like, what does a package guy do? He delivers the packages. And I was like, oh, I said, you'd like that. You get to drive the truck. He's like, yeah, and I'd go to all the people's houses. And I was like, well, people, people really like you. You're a friendly guy. So maybe they'll you know, give you a cup of coffee. He's like, or hot chocolate. Or maybe I'll go to their birthday parties. You know, like, and right, I was right. just like, you know what? <laughs> that it's actually, stream of consciousness. But it's just... all possible. Like, you know, I was like, you're right. You might grow up to be a package right, guy. Right. And maybe, and maybe it... being a package guy could be that wonderful. Right. right. And I mean, that's the other thing. Thing too is like, I don't appreciate that people are delivering packages. I want my things to get here two days later, but I don't think about like. But in his world, the package guy's he's got it going on. It's yeah, you know, he's in a truck, he's meeting people. They're all you know. Anyway, but yeah, yeah, just but a similar like. Right, they just they keep they they stay very present, and I think that they to go back there. The children or toddlers, preschoolers is probably some of the most zen people, and I think that's a, a helpful reminder. To me, and I would hope for other adults, like, you know what, if we were to, I think, listen to children more and kind of recognize what they're doing, maybe we could also... Well, it's very humbling. and play a little bit. It's very humbling. Mm -hmm. You know, anytime you get ahead of yourself, you're going to be brought back very... If you're paying attention, you're Mm -hmm. going to be brought back very quickly to to what's important and and to the moment. But also, I think there's something about being the adult in that environment, because there's Mm -hmm. the the flip side of living in the moment right. is that when things go wrong, right. 
I think a lot of children really can't imagine they will ever be feeling different than right. they do now. They feel right. so horrible and they don't have any friends and they no one's coming to their birthday and all that. And being the adult in that presence, yeah. you can also see that and think it is hard to go through that. Mm -hmm. But right. I know, I know they'll get through right. it. And yep. you're right, Mike. It's, not, it's that, not a one-way street. We're not just yeah. there sucking joy. You know, we're not doing right. this right. because it's like, oh, this is so good for me. Right. Because right. for not, people who haven't done this, right. it's like, the, the people who told you, oh, it'll be easier in early right. childhood. It's like, they didn't tell you about the fact that kids don't understand what's going to happen in two minutes. Right. Right. <laughs> like, even if you told them. Even if you, yeah, yeah. Even if you tell them. <laughs> right. Like, and that makes this job really hard because right. you have 18 kids, whatever your classroom has, that don't know that. And they're all experiencing the world right now yep. and not even understanding what the person next to them is experiencing. Right. And you're there like trying to balance it all and help them through it yeah and so it's and to and to be a part yeah to be a part of that journey to watch and and not to be the one who i'm going to give you this new bit of knowledge or i'm going to be the one to fill fill up your empty head with all the facts and knowledge like, i'm going to be here just to watch you discover and maybe put that provocation on the table to get you thinking more and you bring the materials that they'll build with and, i mean and yeah. one of my favorite memories uh still was one of my girls we were doing a science kind of small group and we did the conservation activities where we were pouring uh -huh. beakers oh, yeah. of water into you know tall thin beakers into to round shorter beakers um magic is what you were doing we were doing magic <laughs> and i watched her brain click and just go like wait a minute that can't they have to be the same because they started in the same containers and they were the same size. So even though this one is shorter, it still has the same amount of water. And like, just to watch that unfurl in her mind. And like, right. now that I see like that, that new area of her brain, just like, just was now ready for more, more information. Wait, it did was, the brain get bigger? It was the same. It goes deeper. Same size. It, it got skinnier and longer. <laughs> oh, conservation! I was, well, I was thinking liquids versus gases, like the way they uh, it's it's convert, right? like. But to be a part of that, yeah, it's so fun to watch happen. Like when spring is this, you know, mm. spring is now hitting, and the magic that seems it's, to happen right. within the classrooms and it's, within it's children. Did you ask this question in spring? Right. Yeah. <laughs> because it is. It's like it is like magic all around. Yeah. Right. And so I think, and, 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 and from Minnesota, spring in Minnesota, where like, but it's also developmentally. I just feel like yeah. it's the time of year. If you're in a school year schedule where you yeah. sort of put in, oh yeah, put yeah. in the foundation yeah. and mm -hmm. you know, these, you really start to see all these connections yeah. they're finally making yeah. because yeah. you built all that, that foundation is starting yeah. to like, and maybe that, maybe that, why do we do or what we do? It's because it's magic. There's, there's all mm -hmm. kinds of magic involved mm -hmm. and joy. And it's and it's super. I mean, that's not to do also to deflate. It's hard. This is oh, hard yeah. work, and I think trying to just recognize that. I mean, that's what keeps me going is the knowing that there'll be that tomorrow's always going to be a new adventure, and there's going to be new discoveries for the children, for myself as a teacher, and then hopefully that there's more positive things happening down the road for all of us. So, yeah. all right, but thanks everybody. Well, yeah, thanks, Russ. Yeah, thanks, Russ. Thanks. 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 Fun to talk about. Thank you for listening to Teaching with the Body and Bond. We'll be back again next week with another episode. Music is by Big Wheel Popcorn.